The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sideline. Uh, with me, Matt Keo, as always. Matt, how you doing? Good. Matt, am I? Do I say your name right? I feel like I mispronounce your name, and you're just like too nice to tell me it's Keo, right? Uh huh. All right, good. Why? I don't know. Sometimes I feel like like you'll give me the look after I'll say it, and I'm like. Man, I and the one word answers. Oh wait, I'm here. Yeah, I hope he's just not too nice. <laughs> I hope he's not like thinking like, man, he's mispronounced my last name every single time. This guy, I'm about to just. You should say his name wrong every time. <laughs> I don't Matt care. Matt Ko. Everybody, I've got uh, my name pronounced wrong at graduation in high school. So like, <laughs> did you really? Yeah. And I said close enough and kept on walking. I don't, I don't care. I'm gonna pronounce it a different way Coke. every episode. Coke Matt with Ko. The th. I had kiosk once. There's no I. Kiosk. Ki- That's what? I was gonna say. How did get kiosk? I, don't, I think the person's illiterate, but <laughs> I would dare say, yeah, <laughs> I would think. <laughs> and back with us again is the man, the myth, the legend, the boss, Matt Johnson. Matt, thank you for coming in last minute. Literally. I was expecting to be here for like 20 minutes, and he's like, oh, our guest canceled. Matt, you want to be on? I'm like, you know, yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, I got nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, I know last week we we teased that we were going to have um, Michelle uh, Michelle White and Megan Smith from Niagara Wheatfield and Grand Island, uh, their cross-country programs. Um, unfortunately, they had to cancel, um, but they will be coming in soon, hopefully, for an episode. Uh, they split the NFL title in cross-country, so we'll have them um, you know, talk about that a little bit and other fun stuff. But as of right now, uh, let's start our coming in hot segment. Um, coming in hot for me, and I feel like the old man saying this, but man, is it, do kids just not listen anymore? I swear like no. back back in our day, no. especially in class, if you gave a direction or if you had a direction or if a parent or somebody told you it was okay. If you didn't understand it, you'd raise your hand. Um, can you explain that one more time? Okay. Now, maybe it's just me being the old man teacher. It's that's it. I, I sometimes <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm speaking a different language sometimes. Where I'll be like, "All right, do that," and they will just do the complete opposite, right. or just continue to do what they're doing and just tone you out. It's just that's my coming in hot segment. Kids, can we just go back to? Listening, respect your elders, kids. Respect your elders. Oh, they don't care. They're they're cool. They're they're, they're too cool for respect. Too cool for school. <laughs> I feel like that should almost be something taught in schools now. Just respect. Like just have a class specifically on yeah. respect. R e s p e c t. Find out what it means to me. <laughs> Suck it to me. It totally should. It totally should. Um, you know what? I'm gonna come in hot. What are we coming in hot with? Let's. All right, America. Uh, let people be happy. Stop shaming people who listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Thank no. you. Absolutely. No. <laughs> listen, 
I'm 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 not a fan personally <laughs> of Christmas music before, but you know what? If I don't like it, I click and change the channel. Oh, if I hear it, come on. Up. If people want to listen to Christmas music, go for it. Let me be. Absolutely. If I want to sing Jingle Bells on the first of November. <laughs> That, you let me. That G, damn it. <laughs> Sing that jingle bells. <laughs> I was singing at work the other day. I was happy. The one boss wasn't there. I was delighted. And somebody was like, shut up. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna let that slide because I like you. But um, no. <laughs> but see, that was another clear and specific direction, and you refused it. <laughs> he was older, so yes, you are right. I am, I am part of the problem. No, I – listen, again, I'm – I don't mind Christmas music. I'm more of the, hey, let's wait till Thanksgiving is done. But you know what? Again, I'm one of those guys. Play it. That's fine. If I don't want to hear it, there's a bunch of other channels that I can listen to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Matt, we coming in with anything hot over there? Matt, Kiosk, Kaog, Quayog. Yeah, people who can't present. (laughs) People who can't talk. (laughs) Which is clearly me. Can't speak. People who can't speak. People who get tongue tied. I believe the the correct, uh, yeah, whatever. I just got the, the correct pronunciation or pronunciation of it. Tongue tied. Pronunciation. <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of tongue tied, that was the entire Bills offense on Sunday. That was just forget the fact that they lost to one of the worst teams in the NFL, but. <laughs> It was just such a miserable game to watch. Nothing exciting about that game at all. I mean, nine to six. That's that's like a that's just I don't care who you're playing. You shouldn't have nine to six as your final score unless it's snowy and the conditions are horrible. I've experienced constipation that was more exciting than that. Oh my god. It was that was one of the games where I'm usually like, if the dog's got to go out, hey, wait, wait, let's do it at half. I was just like, whatever, let's go. Bailey, right. Bella, come on. let's. Go. In fact, I'm asking, like, come on, girls, you want to go out? Let's go. Let's go for a walk <laughs> real quick. I got to walk this off right now. Yeah. It was dismal. It was it was, it was bad. No, um, Bill's offensive line sucks. That's the uh, straight and narrow of it. Sorry, defense really good. Offensive line, poo-poo. Uh, yeah, Bill's... The thing is, this year, the Bills cannot get away with stuff that they got away with last year. I think uh, that's the big thing. Last year, they skated. They they, they they were okay not having a run game. They were okay with, um, hey, listen, the offensive line did not get worse. It's just it's people just figured them out, so to speak. The offensive line has not changed, like, crazily, you know, over the last year. It's the same. Um People figure the Bills can't get away with lousy offensive line play. They can't get away with no run game. And they suffered for it. They suffered for it. Absolutely. And Matt Matt and I were talking about this, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, where sometimes even in games, it almost looks like they're just, hey, we know we're gonna beat these guys. Let's just try a few things here. Let's try a few things here. Almost like a varsity team playing against a JV team. Yeah. Let's try, let's try. And again, I think they kind of came out into this game and they expecting, well, don't worry, we can run up 30 points whenever we want. Right. And well, that whenever you want didn't happen. Um, and I think they need it. It's almost like, hey, we can't take teams like this for granted. I don't care if it's Jacksonville, the Jets coming up next week, um, because let's be honest, who have the Bills beaten this year? They no, they beat nobody. a they beat a lousy Houston team a lousy Washington team, 
a terrible Miami team twice, and then a uh, who's the other team? The Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs, who at the time we thought was a big win, but they're not not very good. I mean, it's just a a Kansas City team who's not very good, but who has the same amount of wins as the Bills Bills do right now. Um, and you've got the Patriots who are nipping at the Bills' heels. It's they're only game half a game behind right now. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Bills got to get their uh, act together real quick, or it's gonna be the Patriots back on top. They're they're Patriots are playing that good. Patriots playing are playing good. some really good. It, it pains me to say this, but they are playing some good football right yeah. now. They are coming together for a team who, listen, I can't, I, I don't, I've. Not too many Patriots players are on fantasy football rosters right now, aside from maybe the defense. That's about it. That's about it. There's, like, no superstars on that team. No. None. And this goes, I think, right now, uh, Belichick is doing some of his best coaching that he's done in probably a good 15, 20 years. Right. I mean, it. it a lot of it reminds me of a little bit of uh, Brady's first year or two or even first five years into the league. Absolutely. Where he's figuring him out and he's putting the kid in a position. He's putting Mac Jones in a position where he, he can succeed. He's not asking Mac to win him a game. Early in Brady's career, he didn't ask Brady to win games for him. Just don't lose. Yeah. If you look at Brady's first three to five years, all a lot of his games were dunk off to your running back, dunk off to your tight end, check down, check down, check down. Just don't make a mistake, yep. kid, and we'll win this game. And I think that's what he's doing with Mac Jones right now. 100%. Uh, he's starting to trust him more. There was a point in time, you know, a couple of weeks ago when – uh, you know, they'd be like in fourth and short and Belichick under Brady would be like, yeah, we're going to take that. No problem. But Belichick with Mac Jones, uh, they didn't trust him and it cost him games. It cost him the game against Tampa Bay. It cost him the game against uh, Dallas. And then they started getting aggressive, you know, on that sort of play con. They started using the, the analytics and they, they're winning games. They've won a ton of games over the last month. Now, do you think it was more of a him trusting Mac Jones or more of a, hey, we're, yeah. our record is getting out of hand here. We need to piss, you know. Probably a little bit of both. I mean, Mac is like, Mac's playing safe. He's not going crazy. If he made like 11 completions last week for maybe that, 11, 12 completions last week for um, for 100-something yards, like that's not starting quarterback worthy. But, uh, but. Yeah, I think the trust is starting to get there, and, and, and Mac can be the guy if he just keeps developing. You know, he, he was put under a lot of pressure this year, too. A lot of people don't realize, you know, uh, him, like a lot of other teams, these rookie quarterbacks got thrown right into the fire. Right oh, in the fire. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? That, that big stage that Mac was put on against Tampa Bay, Sunday Night Football, the world is watching, no ticket cheaper in the stadium than $1,500. Uh, that's a tough, that, that's, that's a lot of pressure for a young quarterback. And he handled himself well, and honestly, since that game, he's been he's been pretty solid for him. Oh, absolutely! That definitely could have been the shot in the arm that that the kid has needed for sure. Um, and it's something that uh, I mean, if you look in Jacksonville, and I mean, you're not getting a lot of pressure in Jacksonville, just that the market's not there. But Trevor Lawrence, I have not been impressed with him really at all. Nope. This year, nope. Not that I've watched a lot of Jacksonville games, but even he did not win. The game for Jacksonville on Sunday, like not even close. It was it was, it was the, the other, other Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. <laughs> <laughs> he was good. He was uh yeah. Trevor Lawrence has been largely disappointing. I don't know if it's the system he's in, but he's supposed to be the guy to elevate this team, and he's just not. He was so Max Max the best rookie quarterback right now. Oh for sure. And again, I think Mac Jones. 
Uh, Trevor Lawrence might have more ta- more talent, more skill, but I think Mac Jones was a he was put in the best situation. Right, he was put in a, a great organization, a proven organization. Man, it pains me to say that about New England. And he was he was put into a coach, given a coach who's a proven winner and knows how to get the most out of his talent, out of his talent, wherever it is, offense or defense. Absolutely. Um. But yeah, so there was a, a little bit of a uh, little bit of Bills talk, a little bit of football talk. Now your Colts. Um, uh oh. <laughs> All I said was your Colts, and it, uh. they beat the Jets. I was gonna say they did win. They did win last week <laughs> against the Jets. Against the Jets, right? I don't know. I'm, I'm. There's a lot of people who get like super hyped up for like victories over bad teams, and a victory is a victory. It is a win. But also seeing how many like leads that the Colts have blown against really good teams, you know, or just competitive games that they just could not finish, like their their last outing with the Titans, or that Monday Night Football game against the Ravens, or uh, the Rams game and stuff. It's like <laughs> when they beat a, a a team that you know is is inferior, it doesn't feel as good. I'm happy the way that the Colts look. Don't get me wrong; uh, they looked pretty good on a lot of all the facets. Carson Wentz looked great. Um, Jonathan Taylor looked amazing. Naheem Hines, just, everything just worked except for the secondary, of course. But, um, but I just I'm I'm past that. You know, I, I'm I'm Frank Reich, and like I'm I'm if I'm I'm iffy about Frank Reich. I don't know. I don't know. The guy doesn't. He's, as far as game planning goes, not the best coach we've ever had. Not even remotely close. You know, I'm even iffy about, like, our GM in some cases, uh, Chris Ballard. It, it's just, why aren't, like, for Jacksonville to go out there and play the way that they did against Buffalo, when is that going to happen for the Colts? Yeah. What, why can't they go, you know, play up? Jacksonville played up, obviously. They played up twice. They played up against Cincinnati. Or was it, did they beat, no, did they beat Cincinnati? No. No, who was the other team that they beat? Oh, uh, Miami. Excuse Miami. me. Um, they did play up against Cincinnati, but you know they, they beat Miami, who was supposed to be on paper, you know, superior to them. But they played up and beat the uh, the Buffalo Bills this past week. And Frank Reich's record against teams with above five hundred, you know, records is not good over his career. No, it's not good. So it, it's it it's like those victories don't just feel they don't feel good for me. And some people are like, you know, they'll be like, oh, you know, you just you're just miserable and. You're just negative fans. Like, no, like, this isn't right. You're you're looking for a win. You're just looking for a direction that, hey, this is a playoff team. This is a contender team. Not this is a team that can get us eight, nine wins, whatever. Right. Maybe skate I've the playoffs. I've been sold that this team is ready to win the AFC South or perhaps, you know, contend for a Super Bowl for the last four years. And I know Andrew Luck retiring threw a l- wrench in that a little bit, but the Andrew Luck excuse is no longer there. Um, it, it's, it's no longer there. I... I there used to be a lot of pride that came with being a Colts fan, and I'm not feeling it right now. They were called Until, the Manning days. Yeah, the Manning days, and a little bit of the Andrew Luck era, most of the Andrew Luck era, but there's not a whole lot of pride right now. Um, you know, there are certain players that are playing really well, but if you can't beat good teams, then why am I going to invest energy in you? The, the, and the end game every single year is to win a Super Bowl. You know, there's progressions. There's teams who look for progress, you know, they want to take a step up. Like for Buffalo right now, their next progression, a Super Bowl appearance or a Super Bowl victory. They yeah, made the AFC sure. Championship game last year. That's their next progression. For a team like Jacksonville, maybe it's to get to 500. All right? Colts have been 
bumped in the you know bumped in the playoffs uh, the last four years. Uh, they have one one playoff win, two playoff appearances, one playoff win, and it's just it's not good enough. I tell you, the Colts the last two years, last year with Rivers, this year with Wentz, the last two years for me, they have been the most disappointing team in the NFL. I mean, yeah. last year, last year I thought they were going to be a team that could not only challenge the Bills but even challenge the Chiefs. I thought, hey, listen, they they lost Andrew Luck, whatever. They had to deal with Jacoby Brissett, who I didn't think was all that bad of a quarterback eh, until he got hurt. Until he got hurt, but I thought Rivers was going to take him to that next level. Rivers could have been, you know, a he little gave him shot. The first double digit season in in almost you know six years, five six years. So, um, you know, that, that was that was big for us. You know, of course, you would have loved if it was an AFC South title. But, yeah, um, yeah, there was just a lot of stuff. I mean, they had the Bills on the ropes, and that game, like, still breaks my heart. Yeah. Because you know, I thought that they were just that close. They were, you know, a missed field goal uh, away from keeping things interesting. And it just, you know, it just. But I, I felt like the Colts all last year and even this year. They had a lot of teams on the ropes, but they don't know. They either give up late leads mm-hmm. or they can't close the deal on a final drive. Every single time. Yeah, and that's why, for me, they're disappointing because it was always, well, with you know with Brissett, they didn't have the quarterback. Rivers, you've got the quarterback. Uh, okay, maybe yeah. he's over the hill. Wentz, you've got the – well, he's injured. It's he's, always like it, – it, it, it's, it's something. It's but. always something. It's always – some facet doesn't work. Somebody important gets hurt. That's how it's it's how it's been for the last you know since 2015 as a Colts fan. Well, uh, I'll never forget the one that Colts beat the Peyton Manning led uh, Broncos, who ended up winning the Super Bowl that year in 2015. Great game. I was crying like a big big old baby. <laughs> I was like, they did it. Okay, this team's good. They lost to Buffalo in Week One that year. They lost to the Jets in Week Two. I was like, this team is not really where it needs to be. And they go out there and they play a perfect game, uh, call the perfect game, played a perfect game against the Broncos and won. Next day, I'm 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 overjoyed. I'm at work. Oh, NFL news update: Andrew Luck has a lacerated kidney out for the rest of the season. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Just can't we just catch beat, a break. you know, Peyton Manning and and obviously you know in hindsight the eventual Super Bowl champions, and this is what I get. 2016. <laughs> He played. He was hurt all year. Played like crap. Not good. I think they went 500 that year. 2017. He's out for the whole season. 2018 was exciting. He came back. They did good. They they started off like one in five, and they they rallied back to make the postseason. And then they got squashed by Kansas City. But again, progress. And then 2019, two weeks before the season, luck retires. It's just always there's always just some missing piece that they just can't nail down, and it's it's very frustrating. That was one thing that shocked me. Not the fact that Luck retired. I get it. He had been banged up the last previous years. I get it. You can only take so much punishment. But to do it two weeks before the season starts, that where I was just like, really? I mean, you probably knew at least last month or something. You couldn't have given them the start. Uh, well, I think they knew. that the, the Colts team knew. It's the fans that didn't know. I think that's what stings with a lot of well, people. He played, I give him he credit. He played in a preseason game, didn't he? No, he or didn't. did he not? He, he didn't did, play in twenty nineteen. He did not play. He okay, was, I thought he, he was fighting a calf game. injury, and uh, he was fighting a calf injury, and um, it was just kind of building up. I was like, oh, here we go. He was like hurt all off season, all training camp, and then yeah, literally an hour after I drafted him in fantasy football, <laughs> he, he had retired. 
And I was like, we were doing like a fire at my house, like a little party thing. And I was like, I got to go, guys. Or at my parents' house. And I was like, I got to go. I got to go home. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I commend him for it. You know, we all, like. He, he it gave takes, it a try. But, you know, when. Well, it takes. I don't know if I'm. Balls. It takes balls to do that. Yeah. You, your entire fan base, right? An entire franchise is depending on you. You are the chosen one. You were the successor to Peyton Manning. You were the chosen one to go and do big-time things for this team. And you are dealing with injuries year in, year out, rehabbing constantly. You don't know, you know, if, if you play a full career, you might not be able to enjoy retirement. No, for sure. You know, and, and there's this big emphasis, like, on mental health right now. And a lot of people took a dump on Andrew Luck when he did that two weeks before the season started. I get it. As a fan, it's frustrating. But, none, like, nobody knows what he's going through physically nope. and mentally. Nobody knows. No. For him to stand up and do that, I, I commend him. I was mad at first, no doubt about it. There was a lot of people mad. But I, I loved it. I, I, I thought it was it was I thought it was brave. Oh, brave for sure. I'd rather him go out on you know on his own terms and be carried out on a stretcher or due to an injury and just his lasting image is just him being, you know, a cripple. You yeah. know? So and in a sport as violent as football is and that takes as much of a physical toll on the earth, if you don't have it, and I'm sure at that point, you know, if even if he was just contemplating retirement, I'm sure he wasn't all there, wasn't like fully invested in the season. And if you go into a season like that in football, nothing good is going to come. Nope. And that's when you, like thing you know, you take a blindside hit, you take whatever, and you're you're not only being carted off, but you're thinking like, man, this is why I should have retired. Mm-hmm. I should have gone two weeks ago, a week ago, whatever. And it's like you said, fans, I get it. You were mad. I was a little miffed. I was just like the timing was off, but whatever. When you know, and only you're the only one that's going to know. When you know you can't do it, whether it's mentally, physically, whatever, when you can't do it, you can't do it. There's no, there's nothing anybody else is going to be able to talk you into it. Right. If you can't do it, it's done. Yeah. So I was, I was happy for him, even though there's still people who out there who criticize him for it. But I'm happy for him. Um, he's doing good. He's got a, he's got a daughter now. He, the dude's living the dream. So I'm happy for him. We'll have to see if we can get him on the podcast next week. I've been yeah. I've been pulling I've, I've been <laughs> trying to twist that arm for a long time. <laughs> nice. I was gonna say he's got some free time. Andrew Andrew, if you're listening, we're gonna have you on the podcast soon. <laughs> Please yeah, o- open Luck. invite. Andrew Luck is listening to us. <laughs> hey hey, we're up to ten thousand. You know the goal this the goal this month is fifteen thousand. So say, do we even know where he lives? Like, he's still in Indianapolis. Yeah, I was gonna say he's still. Was, so we can Indian. start going door to door. We'll just look downtown at the Indianapolis. Yeah, let's Any go to Indy real quick. <laughs> I'm going there in December, so. Nice. Which game? Patriots. Ah, okay. Ew. I know. So hey, I gotta, I'll be, I gotta I'll buy be rooting a, for the Colts that week. I got to buy a Mac Jones jersey so I can curse them before I go. Yes. So. I will chip Ew. in for that jersey. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Good to know. All right. So, Matt, last time you were here, we talked a little bit. We talked a lot about uh, high school wrestling, uh, a little bit about college wrestling, uh, your, your experiences, both uh, coach and, um, and athlete and wrestler. Uh, this week, I thought we'd switch gears and talk a little bit about your professional uh, wrestling, the Maverick. Oh boy, Matt, the Maverick over there. Yes, you you, you showed us some of the or sent us some of the uh, your YouTube clips. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna lie, I, I caught, saw a couple of them. Pretty 
impressive. I was okay. It was impressive. <laughs> uh, okay, stop being modest. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did you, was it something where you, you were a high school wrestler and then you made the transition into professional or you were always as a kid wanted to be a professional wrestler and that's what got you into high school wrestling? What was the transition? It was kind of always like, oh, what if I could do this sort of thing? I was always just kind of there. And, uh, you know, I loved it all throughout growing up as a kid. And, you know, and then I went to, they had, you know, these independent wrestling shows. That's where people kind of get their starts at. There's one in North Tonawanda um, called Empire State Wrestling, which I was a part of for a little while as a wrestling commentator. But, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, if you want to become a wrestler, we have a training school. Um, go here, here, here. And I, I didn't follow up on it at the time. But eventually, uh, you know, I reached out to somebody else. They, they used to own ESW. And they had a train, like a reputable training school in Rochester, where a lot of big time names came out of, who were on TV, and, and all that jazz. And uh, yeah, I reached out to him, but I actually got into high school wrestling because of pro wrestling. Okay, I was really mad when there wasn't a ring when I showed up. I feel but. like a lot of people had that kind of. It's like, oh man, what's my actress music gonna be? Yeah, what is this? What are we wearing? Wait, wait, wait. Where's my manager? Where's my? Where's Bobby the Brain? Where's my manager? Wait, we're hugging other guys. <laughs> I don't want to do that. This is stupid. This is stupid. No, it's pretty much like that South Park episode. That's uh, not real wrestling. That's not real wrestling. <laughs> That's how it felt. Uh, but I did take a liking to it, and I never like really like lost interest. And in, in, I was a big fan of it on TV. I treated it like it was real. Um, hey, you watched the Kurt Angle match this past week? And everyone's like, bro, it's not real. But uh, <laughs> Put me in the sharpshooter. Brother. <laughs> yeah, put, put me in the sharpshooter, brother. Absolutely. But he's a five-time Olympic gold medalist. Oh, I know. I wish. Only one time. But he was the reason. He was the reason why I wanted to get into high school wrestling. Kurt Angle was. He was my favorite. Okay. At the time, um, not a Chris Benoit fan. <laughs> well, oh. actually, I have a story about Chris Benoit. It has nothing to do with his little shindig. Say, really? Nothing. Did you know Chris Benoit? No, we do have the same birthday. Okay. Also, I skipped wrestling practice one year because he was signing autographs at the Boulevard Mall. SmackDown was coming to town. He was Buff- at the Boulevard Mall. Boulevard Mall, bro. When it was popular, when it was cool. When it was, I was going to say, that's malls. When it was happening. <laughs> uh, he, he did an autograph signing. All right. I, I skipped wrestling practice. I had my dad drive me out. And uh, we go there. He's signing autographs. He's, he's talking to people, taking pictures. And then the lady in front of me, uh, she's you know doing, you know, doing her thing. She takes a little extra time. And then they start moving people through. I didn't get to take a picture with him. I, the lady oh, in front no. of me was the last person who got to take a picture and talk to him. All I got was an autograph and boot out the door. I'm like, I really miss wrestling practice and stood here for two hours for this. Was he? Was he huge? He's pretty. He's a. <sighs> he was Jack. Height wise, like he was a small. Height wise, wasn't he? he wasn't very tall. Yeah. Okay. Um, height wise, he wasn't very tall. But as far as being, he's very physically fit. Um, and obviously that. You know, those reasons why it came out when when everything kind of happened. But um, just loved the uh, loved the. Somebody had his OJ in the morning. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You can put it like that. (laughs) That was so poor and tasteless. Oh, come on. I thought about that for a good 30 seconds before I I loved it. it. Hey, just because it happened doesn't make it okay to joke about. (laughs) 
Yeah. That was a double one, too. Mm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Transitioning. Yes. But uh, now, when you got into professional wrestling, did you find that your, your high school wrestling kind of helped with it a little bit? Uh, a little bit. It's a different philosophy. So... Obviously, when you're in your high school wrestling, you want to be the quickest. You want to be the strongest. You want to be this and that. Pro wrestling is more of a visual thing. You got to put yourself in the eyes of the the the, the consumer, the mm-hmm. fans. So everything's got to be slow. Everything's got to be big. Uh, when I started training, they told me about it. There was a story. Uh, one of the guys talked about Little Susie. And I was like, you got stories about this? Or Yeah, Little Susie, she loved pro wrestling, but her dad was a drunk, and he can only afford... Uh, the cheap seats, which are like nosebleeds. Um, so if you're not acting big, if you're not doing things big, if you're not doing these crazy punches big or these big slams that are over-exaggerated, uh, that poor girl whose dad will never be able to afford her, you know, the nice seats so she can see it good or even better than she did, um, is going to have a bad pro wrestling experience. She'll never have that. So um, so that's really the, the difference in philosophy when it comes to high school wrestling and amateur. I, you know, high school, you just want to be, be the best. You want to beat the crap out of somebody, uh, be fast, take them down, pin them, whatever you got to do to win. Um, it's not about how great you look. But in pro wrestling, it's all about the theatrics. It's all about taking time, photogra- Kodak moments, so to speak, yeah. you know, doing things. Like I used to love back in the day when everybody – um, when people were going for their finishing move, and you see a bunch of flash photography going off in the background of the crowds, and that was a cool thing. That was a uh, that was a pretty cool thing back in the day. But that that's that that was the uh, that was the difference. It did help in some aspects conditioning because uh, it is very easy to kind of get they call it blown up in a wrestling ring. Very easy, and it usually spells you know it it can ruin a ma- it can ruin a match if that happens. Oh, for sure. Now I saw you did more of the tag team wrestling. Did you or did you do did you do any solo at all or was I, it? I was actually mostly solo. I started doing tag team stuff towards the end. Okay, um, wasn't planned on, but one of my friends uh, who still wrestles to this day, um, we grew up together. Uh, we used to backyard wrestle at my parents' house, and like you know what, let's just put this together. Let's just yeah. work and and uh, and yeah. Towards the end, we were doing tag team wrestling, and uh, it's a little less taxing on the body. It's nice when you can make the other guy get beat up. Uh, take all those bumps on the, the very thick two-by-fours that run across into the ring. Um, it's always nice when you do that. It, it is. so, But mostly singles. I, I, I prefer the single stuff. Okay. Um, now, it's – so you got into it, and you – like you said, I think last time, you got um, – what did you call it? You were at a – you were backstage almost like if somebody got hurt, you were the next one in line for a WWE show. Not so much – it was Not so much that, but when they, when they come to town, they hire extras. They pay, extras. Them, they pay okay. them – um, so if they need cops that night, if they need fake EMTs, if they need just, uh, somebody to, I mean, get beat up to help establish a new wrestler, that's what the extras are paid for. So I was backstage for three shows. Uh, they did a pay-per-view in Buffalo. They did a Monday night raw in Pittsburgh and a SmackDown taping on Tuesday in Columbus. And, uh, yeah, made the round trip, staying at hotels. It was uh, it was pretty neat. It was it was a neat little time. Little little anxiety ridden, but you're around all these big time people. You got Vince McMahon walking around, and he legit does the power strut backstage. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> Triple H, the Big Show, uh, Randy Orton. Like it's all these guys who you just kind of grew up watching, and you can't fanboy for them. 
I was going to say, did you get a chance to talk to any of them? Not they even just, hey, what's like, your autograph? They or they, they, well, the first thing that they like to do is, they like, okay, you guys are coming in. You want to be professional wrestlers at this level. You can't fanboy. And it's like, you want like I want like how cool would it be I, like I oh that. I got pictures you know with all these guys who just I absolutely adored and but they don't want to be the fans well they call them marks but the fans are the ones that are paying to watch the wrestling shows so when wrestlers come in and they try to be a fanboy too it's it's not a good look it's a little bit of a a, a stain on your 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 character okay. at, at least in their eyes but um but yeah they, there's some of them who didn't want to talk to people they're very standoffish like. I was a huge CM Punk fan and a uh, huge CM Punk fan. He was just coming off. This is 2013. So um, he was just starting to turn face, uh, baby face again, which means good guy. And uh, he was battling this Ryback. And I was like, oh, man, I got his DVD. I love everything that he says. I want to stand up and meet him. So I stood up in catering. I go, hi, I'm Matt. And he goes, hey. And he fist bumps me and walks to his plate. And I was like, wow, that was disappointing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And and, and that that sucked. That was sucked. But, you know, in hindsight, I get it. He was miserable. And um, but at the same time, I was hoping like, wow, he's been here before. He's been in my shoes. Like, maybe he'll be cool. And he just he wasn't, Um, you know, some of the the Booker T was really cool. Um, Joking and. Just very cordial. There's just a lot of guys who are down to earth, and there's a lot of guys who just everything goes to their head. You know, I, I get that. So kind of like in, in in any sport, right? Absolutely. My 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 friend who was in WWE at the time, Luke Harper, who's picture there, he was kind of guiding me through a lot of stuff. He helped me do you know go through some training matches. He was just uh, he was very complimentary. He was yeah, he was you know really cool. So I got to meet a lot of his friends like uh, Bray Wyatt, which is you know he's a big time name right now. Um, Cesaro, which is you know another guy who I like absolutely admire, but he was like my end to kind of to meeting these guys. It was just really really cool to 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 have that, but it was just very kind of in passing. Like the last day, they're like, "Okay, go, you guys go uh, change. We're gonna do some practice matches." They literally had us change in a janitor's closet. Oh yeah, oh I'm sure you were. It was. It's not like the full dressing room or it's just hey, find somewhere private, get changed, and let's go. Yeah, like you guys are in here, and you walk in, and the walls right in front of your face. It's like, okay, <laughs> there's probably like four or five of you guys in there, but like, yeah, yeah, pretty oh, much. Yeah. Oh, I'll let you know when I'm out. You know, it was it was <laughs> literally like that. I'm like, oh okay, but yeah, it was very nerve wracking because you go out there, it's an empty stage, but it's not. Well, the arena's not empty. All the wrestlers are sitting, standing around there watching you. They want they're, they're watching you do these do a practice match. All right, let's go. You got Arn Anderson. Get in there and wrestle. And it's like it's like well, Christ, Arn it's Arn Arn Anderson. Damn. And we were with Finley. Finley was our, uh, taking care of us, and I was mad because I really I really wanted William Regal, but Finley was like kind of watching over us, giving us tips and stuff. But it was just it was a lot of pressure. Did you ever see Jeff Hardy? I don't know if he was in wrestling. He was. He was in TNA at that time. I think because I knew he was like in and out. Back, he was my favorite. You like Jeff Hardy? There's a lot of people who like Jeff Hardy. Yeah, all time favorite. He's uh no, he's great. Uh, He's back now, isn't he? He's around now. Yep, and I think Matt's doing something in AEW. Um, but yeah, the Hardys weren't there yet. I'm trying to think who else was there at that time. You said 2013. 2013. So Sheamus was around. Seamus was because he got started getting out. He was, I think, he he might have been injured or something. He wasn't on that weekend. Um, I actually got to sit next to uh, uh, 
God. Ty- they call him Tyrus now. Um, he used to do the, 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 the funk gimmick. Oh, my God. What is his name? The funk? He, 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 funk is on a roll. Somebody call my mom or your mom or something like that. And he used to walk out with the funk dactyls. Oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. Um, the his name was Funkadelic or something. He, oh, this is really gonna bother me because I just talked about this the other day. <laughs> um, I know who you're talking about, and I can't think of what his name is either. Yeah, because he did. He was more. I feel like he was more of a gimmicky wrestler, especially towards. He's the very end. smart. He's Brodus Clay. That's yes. Who Brodus, the Funkasaurus, that's what he was. And I got to sit next to him, and it was he was oh, he was wonderful. He was just joking the whole night. Um but he he was the one guy who actually sat there and like talked with me. We were sitting backstage watching watching Raw unfold and uh you know, just watching the show. It was really cool. Me and this other guy was sit, other guy who was an extra as well, and like Paul Heyman walks by. And I don't know if you guys know who oh, Paul yeah. Heyman is, but this dude's like a genius. Like opened, ran ECW, ECW, just one of the greatest like promos of all time. Just a genius wrestling mind. He's sitting there. He chatted with us a little bit, but eventually all the guys came back to the sitting area to watch t- the TV. And Brodus Clay sat next to me. And we talked the entire night, and he treated me like a. I treated him like a person. I didn't mark out for him, and he treat he talked to me like I was a person, not just a mark. And he told me some heartbreaking stuff. He was uh he told me a lot of heartbreaking like just just things just opportunities that he had that were taken away from him. And I was like, oh, this is getting really deep. <laughs> this is getting really deep. But this is cool that he trusts me enough to open oh, this up sure. to me. Like it's 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 really neat. And we we hit it off. Um But uh he was telling me the story about him and his his partner at the time, Tensai. He used to be known as A Train or Albert. Um Back in the day, they were in a. It was supposed to be like a four-on-four tag team match against I forgot who. The second to last match of WrestleMania, all right, which is the viscera spot. That's usually what they call that. The viscera spot. That's the cool down the crowd spot. So you bring them down, and then they get all hyped up for the main event. That was what it was supposed to be. So at the curtain, uh, the match that was on Undertaker and CM Punk had gone long. And at the curtain, when they're getting there, like, okay, we're supposed to be on any minute, the producers told him, sorry, your match isn't going on. No way. Really? At WrestleMania. Yep. And he told that to me. And he's like, I've been a mess ever since. That was in eight, that WrestleMania was in like early April. And I was talking to him in October. That's. Bless you. That's unbelievable that they would just, I didn't realize they would do that, that they would just pull a match. Especially for time, time constraints. Even on a pay-per-view, though, mm-hmm. like I figured that's kind of like, all right, you have a little bit of a time range, but it's more or less, hey, you know, if you go long, you go long. Right. No, uh, yeah, for the way they were doing pay-per-views back then, it was a time constraint thing. And, uh, yeah, they pulled them right at the curtain. They were in their gear, all ready to go, match called. Uh, Are you sure that with me? That was probably like his first WrestleMania, like his I first. I think it would have been. I don't know how much longer he, he, he lasted after that, but... um. Uh, maybe another maybe another WrestleMania, but I I don't think he that was like his big opportunity. Yeah, and, and it was just just like that pulled from. That's, I mean, I couldn't. That's like being in the AFC Championship game and be like, nope, guys, you're forfeiting. The other team's gonna win. <laughs> Essentially, like, just that's like, the nope. ugly side of pro wrestling, though. I, I I wouldn't say pro wrestling, but WWE they got a lot of um. There's not a lot of good attention on them right now. There's a lot of stuff that's coming out, just how just 
poorly they're managed, how poorly they treat the wrestlers. And to hear that personally from a wrestler, heart to heart, this is something that was never broadcast. Like everybody likes to do these, they call them shoot interviews where they talk about the backstage mm-hmm. area and, and, and stuff that happened. Never ever been been publicized. Never ever been talked about. I don't think it's been talked about publicly since. This dude trusted me with it. And he talked to me about it, and uh, and yeah, it was uh, you know that's powerful stuff. It's like, do I really want to work at a place like that? Oh, Who, for sure. I mean, WrestleMania. This is the biggest pro wrestling show ever, ever, and you're right there. And because somebody went to decide to go, and I get it. It's Undertaker. And CM Punk, who are, you know, Undertaker's an absolute legend. Punk, uh, so good. And was red hot at that time as far as popularity goes. But just because they went a little long, bam. Your your, your dream of wrestling on WrestleMania is taken from you. And I feel like, like, I remember Brodus Clay, too. I feel like he he started off with some pretty good heat. And then I feel like, and I can't remember if this was before or after WrestleMania, but I feel like, Towards the end of his time in WWE, he was just used as a gimmick where he would just go out there and dance with the girls mm-hmm. and go backstage or Beat dance. Beat him up, dance some yep. more, and then go back. Yeah, absolutely. His matches became really quick, became like, all right, go in there, do your thing, just get out, make sure you dance, make sure you get the crowd to dance. It was more or less he was being used as like uh, a sideshow almost. Right. And early on in his career, he wasn't. You know he was he's a he dominant was, guy, but this game yeah. this game a little personality. Um, it was cool, I man. People, he, it was over like Rover. People loved loved that gimmick, but um, but but yeah, he's uh, yeah. I don't even think he wrestles anymore. I don't even know if he's in the wrestling business anymore. I think the last time I saw him, uh, I happened to click on Raw. I think it was a couple years ago. That he had like an anniversary show. Oh, and or, he popped or, up real he, quick. Yeah, he did like just a celebrity wave type of deal. I think he's an analyst on one of the new, the big news networks. I think he's that's a very a, he's a very smart man. I was gonna say that's such a drastic change, right? You go from pro wrestling to to news talking analysts. politics. Oh yeah. my god! Wasn't um, that with JB? Was it JBL that did he? Was, yeah, uh, JBL financial did advisor he, yes, or something. Yes, he used to appear on like. Uh, Fox or CNN or one of those, like, every Saturday. Yeah. You see me talk about finances, and it's like, are you really that smart? I thought it was just a wrestling character. And then uh, you got Kane, who's a mayor. He's a mayor of mayor Knox of County. Yep. Yeah. Hey, good for him. Also, I love Kane. imagine that mayor? Like, this is my mayor, <laughs> and it's like this six six huge guy. I want to move to Knox County to be like, that's my mayor. Excuse me, Hashtag. Ma- mayor. Can I get your autograph, please? <laughs> is your mayor half of the brothers that do? <laughs> <laughs> he legit when it, it was the. Cra- I remember watching all the videos for this, and uh, when he was like running for election, and he came out to like his old entrance theme one time, and an Undertaker was there like trying to hype up the crowd to vote for him. It's like, bro, he's gonna be mayor for life if he keeps this up. <laughs> I, was like, I was gonna say, I read that he's he's. Gonna re- he's going for re-election probably think, next year. They like him down there, and oh, honestly, he's got I, I you know, and I don't like to talk politics at all, but um, he's a very intelligent person, very intelligent person. Oh yeah, and you know he can bring upon hellfire if he just throws his hands down. <laughs> right. What's that? That 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 entire business, that small business, ain't voting for me. Yeah. Just like- <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who my brother is? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's cool, and it's funny that a lot of the a lot of the former wrestler guys, it's I you don't want to laugh and say, oh, it's funny to see them that way. But like when they get into politics, even Jesse Ventura back in the day, uh, oh yeah, in Minnesota, 
and it's just or if you'll see them that they're business uh business owners or this you just you just never picture them you always just picture them uh oh that's got to be a big just big dumb guy big dumb ox oh, you know for whatever sure. he's going to throw his body around and it's a lot of them like you said are very intelligent a lot of them have college degrees or have went to school and it's just that's life took them into the wrestling ring it yeah it it certainly does and there's like this stigma with wrestling that just anybody can do it and to an extent there is you don't have to go through college uh to be a professional wrestler you can legit be um you know and, and what the heck is his name he just passed away last year um oh god i can't think of his name but it, you could be just somebody off the street and find success in it you know and it it's but like there's a lot of these guys who uh, you know, they come in and they're, they're they are intelligent. Oh, uh, there's, sure. there's, they're looking at WWE looks at college athletes now more so than they do people off the independent scene. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a stark comparison to where back in the '80s, especially when McMahon, oh god, New Jack, first that's over. who I was thinking of, like New Jack, like that dude killed like two people in a wrestling. Ring. I was gonna say, yeah, he yeah. was. I don't I, rest in peace. I think he just died last year. Or it was either last year or two years ago? Yeah. But yeah, it was a stark comparison to back in the '80s where. All McMahon, when he first took over, he wanted guys who were like six foot eight, jacked, like you know, almost, uh, almost like you know, just action figures, right? Action figure guys. You know, if you were a smaller wrestler, he didn't want anything to do with you. Correct. You know, you had to be the Hulk Hogan's, the Andre the Giants, the, you know, even Randy Savage. Even he was considered a smaller wrestler Absolutely. back in the days. You know, where if you didn't have that personality, you weren't getting in. Right, and the the style of wrestling is definitely it's changed a lot, you know, since back then. You know, the guys are half the size that they were, you know, now. But I think just pro wrestling fans are you know, they're looking for something more athletic. But um, yeah, it's the 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 shift in in body types is is drastic, and you know, it leaves a lot of what ifs. Like, oh man, what if what if this guy who was was super skinny and, and but athletic would it you know would have been around during this era and stuff. It, it, it leaves a lot of questions like that. Now, do you remember your first match? Yes. Like, take us back to your first match. Tell us, like, you know, were you nervous? Were you oh, ready yeah. to go? Were, where was it? Was it in front of a big crowd? Uh, it was in front of a decent-sized crowd. So it was in Rochester, and one of my uh, – a guy that I knew from Lockport's wrestling program, his name was Zach Flores. We were driving up to uh, – Rochester, you know, for the training every single week, and um, and we were the two top students in the class. So like, okay, you know what, you guys are doing good. He was only a month in; I was probably five months in at that time. You guys are gonna go out there and have a match. Just go out there, do your thing, and everything will be okay. He went under a mask, and his character's name was Ray Cielo. So he was kind of doing like, uh, you know, he's kind of doing uh, like a knockoff Ray Mysterio in a sense, but he was doing his own thing and. uh it was cool. I think that might be on my YouTube channel. But it wasn't a bad first match. Um, but, man, I knew nothing. I knew absolutely nothing. We just went there. We followed our script. And uh, and we just kind of went from there. But it was a fun, it was a fun first match. It was at the uh, the German house in Rochester, which I don't even know if it's open anymore. But there's probably like three, 400 people at, at this okay, show. That's a good-sized crowd. And I think we were the very first. We were like pre-show, technically. But we were the first match um, on that. It was just, it was just so overwhelming because you, you know you you think you know like days before you think you know you're coming into you know yeah, i would be okay and then you start to hear the people talking from backstage all the crowd noise and it's like oh no 
<laughs> what if I do this? What if I do that? What if something something goes wrong? And uh, yeah, so it, it went it went very well. Now, how long did you guys get to um, rehearse the match to go through everything, or we was it kind of on the spot? Rehearse everything. Um, well, we kind of we discussed it, and because we knew we were going to wrestle each other like the week or so before. Okay, so you had uh, a week and a half before. So we talked about it. we talked ideas. We kind of practiced that match at wrestling school like the Tuesday before, Tuesday or Thursday before, and then. Um, and then, yeah, we just kind of went out there and followed it, which isn't necessarily a good thing. When you become like a top-end wrestler, it, the less you plan, the better beforehand. It's a lot about feeling the crowd. All right, what if you plan something and the crowd's not reacting to it? How do you get the crowd back engaged? And obviously, when you're a first-time wrestler, it's your first match, you're not going to know how to do that. Um, so there's a whole flow thing that that we obviously weren't ready for. And I didn't really start getting until probably a little bit closer towards the end of my, you know, little career. I was going to say, did you, even in that first match or your first couple matches, did you ever experience where you had like something where you were expecting a huge pop from the crowd and just didn't get it at all? Well, I was a bad guy. Um, I was a bad guy. And, you know, it was, it was kind of easy in that regard where you, you know, it, Rochester wrestling fans are are simple folk, and they just cheer for everything. So, but there wasn't really anything to that extent. But as I got like along, I was like, "Wow, my matches aren't really doing anything for this crowd." Like, probably like six months, a year into me actually wrestling, and uh, yeah, it, I was starting to like, oh, "Okay, this isn't working." I got to change how I approach wrestling matches from now on. So, um. So yeah, that's kind of how that that unfolded. And it's it and that's bad. That's a terrible feeling. We just did something cool and they're like everybody's like everybody's yeah. just dozing <laughs> off. They're playing on their cell phones. That is a terrible feeling. Like all terrible right, feeling. when's this over? Right. Or another two minutes maybe. Terrible feeling. Now, do you think um I I you said you were a heel. Did you ever get to play the baby face? Yeah. Yeah, I flipped back and forth, uh, depending on where I was. Uh around here I was usually Babyface, good guy, but everywhere else is pretty much a bad guy. Did you find one, um, it, maybe it was a little easier to win the crowd if you were a heel, if you were a babyface, or not Not win the crowd for a heel, but get the pop? Was it easier with one or the other? It's easier to be a bad guy in wrestling. It I is see that. so much easier. Because just anything to get the booze, you're, get, you're getting a reaction. Anything. It's it's so easy. and I mean, sometimes it can be bad. You know, it's like, oh, God, you're so terrible at being a heel. Just get out of my ring. Get out of the ring. I, I'm mad I'm paying to watch you. There's that kind of stuff. But I, I never really got anything uh, like that, fortunately. But, um, but yeah, it, it's way easier to piss people off than it is to make them happy. It's easier That's to kind be hated of, than it is. It's honestly a reflection of society today. <laughs> it's honestly, it, it, it's a perfect, you know. I went up to, when I was wrestling in Toronto, and uh, Rob Ford was the mayor at the time. And I called the entire Toronto crowd a bunch of crackheads, <laughs> like their mayor. And <laughs> I mean, that's a while wearing an American flag singlet and holding up the American flag. Cause I did, there's like knockoff Kurt Angle. I'm going to guess you got a pretty good crowd reaction. Oh, they hated that. me. They hated me. <laughs> if I drove to that show, they probably would have slashed my tires. <laughs> there, was, so there was some lady. She sat there every day. I mean, maybe she used to play, like, come to the show. She'd bring her dolls, and she'd talk to the dolls while we were wrestling. 
Very peculiar. Like full grown like, lady. Like full grown lady having conversations with stuffed animals. Like during matches? During or? matches. She'd be like, oh, look. And she'd point. I'm like, what? Like I'm wrestling. And I'm just looking at this lady point at, and look at her dolls. And I'm just like, and I'm like, she's a crackhead. <laughs> Clearly. I mean, this is probably not good for this kind of show, but uh, lingo for the show. But I'm just like, this is perfect. Like if I'm, you, when you're a villain. And you look in that crowd, you find the weakest looking person out there and you pick them apart, you will get heat for days. It was just, it was a low hanging fruit. All right. Sometimes you can go into a, into a city or a town and you can rip on their sports teams. Man, WWE Heels used to love coming to Buffalo and just crapping all over Jim Kelly and those 90s Buffalo Bills. Yep. Loved it. Especially after we lost the Super Bowl or two or three or four. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I watched John Bradshaw Layfield do it, and I was like, "This is great stuff. This is great heat." Uh, outside, outside of football, my 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 sports expertise is not all that much, so I just called everybody crackheads, and I got booed. <laughs> now, did you ever have like where you knew, like, say, three or four or a, a couple of your friends came to watch the show? Did you ever have them in the crowd and specifically? Know where they are and be like, listen, I'm going to pick on you tonight. I'm going to pick on you tonight. Like, did you, did you have Not- quote unquote marks set up in the crowd? <laughs> no, I never do that. We, not really. Like, one of my last matches, uh, I was really, I'm really good friends with my one of my opponents. I was in his wet, both my opponents actually. I was in their wedding. I was really good friends with the ring announcer and his, uh, and the ring announcer's wife, uh, Andy and and Jen Garrigan. Love them to death. And uh, they did a spot where the, the bad guy, I was a good guy here, but the bad guy went after um, Jen, my ring announcer's, you know, friend's wife, who was pregnant at the time. Oh, no. And uh, I was I was the big hero. She slapped him good, and, uh, and and I was the big hero. But that was really the only time I ever did that. I, I didn't want to give any of my friends an ego boost. So I was in the wrestling show. You didn't earn it. <laughs> you <laughs> like, didn't earn nope, it. Nope, not this time, buddy. <laughs> no, not quite. So, um so yeah, um, now obviously you know it's rehearsed. There's you're you're planning on it. Did you ever have? Um, I mean, in any sport, injuries happen. Did you ever injure somebody, or even just have a slam where you might not have injured the person per se, but you thought like, "Ooh, I didn't land that as well as I should have." I slapped a guy really hard and made him fall, and that wasn't good. <laughs> that was my last match. <laughs> Went a little too aggressive on the chop there. Ah. <sighs> It was across the face, but I it was like I got him right here in the neck. He was just whoa, bro, damn, all right. <laughs> and he tagged out. Back. He just stumbled back. He sat down. I was like, oh my god. I was gonna say, did you ever have that moment too? Like even like ooh, like kind of break character moment. Yeah. As far as hurting people, I consider myself relatively safe. There's a couple people who just love to claim the injury thing so they get sympathy. But um, I was only hurt in a ring once, really bad. And that was at a show in Altoona, PA, um, personally. I took a bump on a ring apron, and I can't remember what happened, but the next day, it looked like my entire bicep was bruised. From here all the way up to my Ooh. shoulder, there was a, it was completely bruised. And I was like, wow, I should probably get that looked at. Um, I never yeah. I never did. It, it recovered. It's still a little <laughs> weird. I think it's my left arm. It's still a little weird, but it was just I was dating a girl at the time who was a nurse, and uh, 
She's like, you gotta go to the hospital. I'm like, I can't afford to. <laughs> I can't do it. Have you seen healthcare in this country? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but go it, to Canada. But it pissed all. <laughs> I call them all crackheads. I can't go back there. Like we remember you. They'll, put, they'll put me to sleep if I go into one of their <laughs> hospitals. Uh, but yeah, it was legit. It was it was it was gross. I was like, wow, that's what a bicep looks like, and it was all bruised from my from my the wrist all the way to my shoulder. I was like, holy Christ, that was uh that was uh, that was the worst it ever was. That was the worst I, I've been I've been fortunate you know I was fortunate in that five year stretch where I was never really hurt bad now if she was a school nurse I'm sure she gave you like a sponge that's been frozen in the ice box <laughs> and said here just put this on she's a hospital fine. nurse and uh, no offense to my wife but man I would have been set <laughs> if I would have pursued that um, but no she was a legit nurse and yeah she uh, yeah yeah here puts yeah put some ice on I go to the hospital I, I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> but you don't understand. I can't. <laughs> uh, so you did it for five years. What made you finally just decide, hey, listen, this was a good run. It's especially, you know, you said it didn't seem like you got all that injured. You were relatively healthy. Was it something? Let me quit before I get healthy or before I, I, I'm not healthy. It's just there's a lot of aspects that just broke me down mentally. And again, going back to the mental health thing, um, going back to the mental health thing, I was just tired of it. You know, I, I was just. I felt like I was doing everything that was asked of me and it still wasn't enough. And the fact that a lot of guys who, you know, who will call you brother or bro ham you to your face will stab you in the back for 20 bucks in a spot on a show. And that's what I was like, okay, I can't be a part of this world anymore. I could see that being a huge, um, a huge thing, even, even in acting and sport, whatever, where it's just, Hey, if it's either you or me, I'm making sure it's me, and I don't care. I mean, we're friends, but I don't care. For the next, until they pick for that part, we ain't buddies anymore. Right. And it doesn't have to be that way, but some people choose to. And you got to think, like, you're no better than everybody. You're wrestling in the same fire hall that that I am. And eventually, yeah, whatever, you're doing great right now. Eventually, you got to come back down to earth. And I'm going to be sitting there laughing when you do, because you do stuff like that. And it, I was never one to really care about my spot on a show. You know, if I wanted a match, I, I wanted a match. If if I was taking a day off of work to go to Toronto, I don't want to do a, a five-minute run-in. I want to do a – I want to I I have a match. A match. I, it, make it worth my time. And uh, and people were – you know, just people, again, you're just very close – you know, very close to you. They're just snakes in the grass and they – you know, they just do just all sorts of shady stuff, and they, then they get the opportunity that that you thought you had. It's like, you know what, man? If it meant that much more much to you, you can have it. If this is if this is what defines you as a person, take it away. You know that that's that's fine. But I'm never gonna forget it. I'm never gonna forget how you treated me to get this uh, this this ten minute match with with Joe Schmo. Um, so your your mom and your grandma can can cheer you on. Yeah. I agree. Now, knowing all that, knowing what you know about the business now, would you still, if you could, would you still go back and and do it? Would you do it differently? Um, there's a part of me that's glad uh, that would probably have never tried it if I knew what I knew now. But there's another part of me that's also happy that I did because I did meet there. Despite a lot of the trash that I I dealt with, there were some good people who have become lifelong friends. There were there were some aspects of that, and also. I don't have to live a life where I question, oh, what could have been? 
No and regrets. That, that's no regrets. Fair. That's important to me. And I can I can still sit here today that I did it. I tried it. Um I didn't like it, obviously, because there's been no inkling for me to return at all. So I'm I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at. I'm happy that I, I, I went through it. It was an important part of my life. I got you know I got to say I have a lot of cool life experiences through that. For sure, I was gonna say I, that was my gonna be my next question. Do you miss it? Would you would you go back if you could? I miss the road trips to an extent. I get car sick easily now. Uh, <laughs> I do miss. I, I miss get drama. Mean. I miss. Yeah, right. Uh, I miss the camaraderie, but I I get that from here. I get I that from that. I get that from this place, right? Or, <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. Like when you leave high school sports. You're always looking for that that like just that just something to fill that void, right? That that brotherhood, sisterhood, uh being a part of a team. And uh you know what? I, I didn't feel that in college wrestling, but I did in pro wrestling to an extent. And it was nice and when I went away, I it, I I yearned for it and you know, eventually I found it here again, but um but but yeah, that that, that was that that was an important aspect of it for me. Just, I miss the camaraderie, not the drama. I mean, sometimes the thrill of of performing from in front of a live crowd, wrestling, uh, you know, stuff like that. That goes a big way. But you know, the the negatives for me out far outweigh the positives. All right, and I think anytime you try any experience, I feel like if if you can walk away with, hey, this might not have gone the way that I wanted to, but you know what? It was definitely like you said. The positives outweigh the negative. Then I think it's a success, no yeah. matter how far you how far you made it or not. I mean, I have no regrets. I didn't have a good supporting cast in it either. Like my love, my parents to death, but they just frowned upon it. They hated that I was gone almost every weekend. They hated. Uh, my mom had an intervention with me one time about it, and I'm just like, this is so aggravating. She literally sat me down for a Roddy Piper documentary, and she's like, uh, he's talking about the business and that lifestyle. What's that mean? And I was like, Mom, I got to go. I can't do this. Like, you're really, like, you're literally just trying to suck all the joy out of my life right now, aren't you? It, but that stuff weighs on you. Oh, for sure. It, 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 like, you know, to get her, again, love her to death, but to get her to shut up, <laughs> in a sense, I had, you know what I mean? It, it, it weighed on me. It, it weighed on me. And, you know, it wasn't just her. It was, like, in my, you know, just everybody, supporting cast. You go you go see everybody at the holidays of Christmas and, 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 and stuff, and, um, are you done with that wrestling crap yet? Yeah. When are you When are you going to grow up? Get a real job? Yeah. When are you going to start taking responsibility? I was working a real job too, and it just still wasn't good enough. And you know that that it's like wow, I really have no support at home, and it, it, that does not make it any easier because you can't depend on them. Uh, and again, the 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 people that you think you can depend on, your friends and stuff, are all stabbing each other in the back for twenty bucks. So yeah, I mean, I mean, it's... twenty bucks is twenty bucks, but. Come on, bro. Yeah, there, 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 there's better ways to get 20 bucks. Yes, yes. Um, do you remember any any particular match uh, that really stood out, whether it was just, hey, man, this was a great match, or, wow, this was like a stinker of a match. I can't, like, any any match that really you can hang your hat on, but, like, this is this was the match? I had one in, uh, it was against Rhett Titus, who was in Ring of Honor, which is a pretty big, oh, it just closed down, but a pretty big, uh, independent wrestling promotion. Um, we were in Lockport at the Keenan Center in front of a thousand people. Kevin Nash was in town. He was in on the show. Oh, wow. Billy Gunn, I think, was there as well. 
I think Billy Gunn and X Pac were there as well. Doing uh, they were they they wrestled a match. But I was on that card. I was really excited to get this opportunity. Like this is the first like name person that you know was being brought in and I get to wrestle them. And you know, this is one of those things where it was the Saturday after Thanksgiving and all my like all my family actually showed up to it, which is really cool. Like aunts, uncles and stuff. I, I will give them a lot of credit for that. Hopefully your mom wasn't backstage telling people to no, quit wrestling she and showing them documentaries. <laughs> you see Have this you see the Roddy Piper <laughs> <laughs> I have it right here. This is terrible. Um, what does this mean? <laughs> but you know that twenty. Yeah, that that you know that was probably the best one and my best match. And the funny thing is, he showed up five minutes before we had to go out. We didn't have time to call anything. Oh, so you didn't really you didn't rehearse. You didn't do nothing. He drove. <laughs> he was late. Okay, five minutes might be might be exaggerated. It was but... ten. Okay, it was at at the most ten minutes. So he goes, okay, what do you do? I'm like, this, this, this. So we go, okay, we matched, we mapped the matchup together. We talked to each other throughout the whole thing. And um, he was very apologetic, but he was so he was so nice because he actually reached out to me after. He goes, hey, I know you filmed your, ma- you know, you filmed your match. Can you send it to me so I can give you advice? He reached out to me and did that. Absolutely total sweetheart. And, like, that was the coolest thing. Like, that was his way of making up for being late. He, oh, was, ma- sure. he was mad at himself for being late, but... It was just so cool to step in a ring with him, and he, he showed me so much. He taught me a lot about being a performer that night. And uh, after that, like, I had a really good six-month stretch, and then I was just tired of it. I was just, you know, I was out. But that was, that was, yeah, that was that was probably my favorite night, you know. Just huge crowd. Entrance stage was massive. Just everything just, just clicked that night. That was probably my best match wrestle. So now it sounded like you were getting you were getting pretty big up there. Did you and you said you know six months later or eight months later you were kind of tapped. Yeah. Do you think that if you kind of kept going, you might have maybe your break was around the corner or just hey, doesn't matter. I'm I'm done. I, it just got to be because things weren't happening fast enough for me. I, I look around and there's people who would like again they'd they'd stab each other in the back for for a spot or oh I can sell tickets for your show uh, and promoters love hearing that. Uh, a, a wrestler who will do my job for me, absolutely put him on the show. And I was just like, listen, wrestling's hard enough. I will do what I can. I will advertise for your shows, but I'm not going to be a ticket seller. And, and okay, well, we're not going to use you for this, this, this. And, and again, there was another incident where I, you know, I took off work to go into Toronto twice and both times were run-in spots. And I'm like, what am I doing here? I am literally, I am missing family time. I'm missing family time. You know, uh, why would I waste my day up there? Yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. Right. I mean, it's, and uh, again, for you, it's just, and I'd be the same way, but like, hey, I don't mind doing this. I don't mind, you know, the drive up here, but like you said, make it worth my while. They're promoters, whatever. They got to have a business and stuff to do, but it's just, uh, it's just, yeah, make it worth my while. That's all I asked for. Yeah, I agree. Um, Matt, we're going to get you on there as a, a heel. You'll do your. Uh, you, you'll be the next Randy Savage. I'm really good at being hated. I've heard we <laughs> we mentioned this last time. I know, but I mean, is it bad that I kind of enjoy it? No, that's okay. the, that's the absolutely. I feel like you got to be some people. Off. I feel like you got to be that guy where you like it's just you, the booze end up becoming your applause. Wait, right. Don't, don't get me wrong. It. Sucked. 
to constantly get booed and know that people hate you. But it clicked in my head eventually that I was like, they hate, even if they do hate myself, like me, I know they hate a character that I'm portraying and it's not really me. Yeah. So then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to make, like, and even Larry was just like, calm down. But I was like, to this point, I was like, I'm going to make them hate me so much that they're going to wish I just burst into flames. It, in it was them. funny because it had gotten, I think it was three, four weeks into the camp. So we had done three or four sumos or whatever. And Matt, Matt was just the, he came to me, Larry. I, I, I don't know if I can do this anymore. <laughs> I, I, I don't I, know. I really did struggle with it. He he wanted, he's like, I, I know we've got two or three more weeks of this. Can we just end it next week? Yeah. I, the kids hate me. Like, they hate me. They were throwing stuff at him. They were, we we had an eerie count. Oh, they, the were throwing, they were throwing uh, ears of corn at you or yeah. whatever. Oh, corn husks. Like, it, it, made, it made you hate yourself a little. <laughs> It did, but then it and then you know I I I came to the realization is like no, you're doing I, your job. I'm doing my job. I'm an actor. I, I I was like I I was like you know what I take it as a compliment because I'm doing so well that they're hating. Me. Oh right. for sure. You it's, think Ric Flair got sad every time he got booed? No, no. He just steal that person's significant other and yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. So you know what I mean the. Badge of honor. Badge of honor kind yeah. of thing. Oh, yeah. The more you get hate, the more you're just like, I'm doing my job. Exactly. And to give Matt credit, he came back to me the next day. Like, we had it all figured. We're like, all right, well, we'll get you out. Here's how we're going to end it. He came back to me the next day. But like, you know what? I'm good. Let's do it all six <laughs> weeks. He's like, I, I, I had a weak moment there. He's like, let's let's just finish it. Let's finish it. <laughs> and knowing my and my mom, my mom, just kind of like your mom, Matt, she was just like, She's like, no, you need to stop this. Like, it's not good for you. And I was just like, I, I know what I'm doing here. It's like, any, it's like, no, you don't understand. This is actually probably better for me than it is worse. Well, so, for I, sure. I feel like sometimes it's, being it's the heel. something you very proud of. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm proud of it. You should be. I feel like if you're a nice guy, sometimes being that heel can be almost therapeutic. It can, it can oh, almost yeah. be, you know, just, yeah. man, I've been that. holding all this stuff inside. I'm going to. I'm going to let it out. Mm-hmm. My mom told me to clean my room one time. I'm like, nope, I'm not going to do it. And I took it out on somebody in the ring. <laughs> so beat the piss out of him. <laughs> I love it. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into our hot seat segment. All right. First question. Um, I, I, you know, here in the studio, you got a lot of Star Wars up there, a lot of uh, some Star Troopers, some Yoda. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, what is your favorite Star Wars, not movie, but character? Favorite Star Wars character? Oh, oh this is good. I, it's actually pretty easy. I, good question. It, this is. <laughs> I, I mean, it's so, like, such a beta answer, but I love Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader. I, yeah. I really do. It's an easy one, but, like, the Anakin Skywalker, that character is so complex. Like a lot more complex than people just think. He's this bad guy who just puts on this suit and he's evil. And you know, he's he's the enforcer of the emperor. No, there's a lot of layers to it. And like, there's parts of episode three. I'm like, you know what, Anakin, do your thing. I I see why you're mad. I see why you're mad. I mean, not the younglings part, but everybody else. Yeah, that, that I, I was a little a little much. I guess it but, makes him a little orphan. But it was painful. He ended up crying later. But it's like I understand why you cut Mace Windu's hand off. You know, I've been there. Yeah, I've been wanting to cut people's hands off. And a couple times, <laughs> a couple times you almost feel like in the movie, be like, man, if you would have just trusted him just a little bit, yeah. just a little bit more, give him a little more respect. Well, he got played. He was insecure. He got pulled away from his mom at a, at a young age. And listen, 
you get hyped up. You're told you're the next big thing, right? He's the chosen one. He's going to bring balance to the force. And uh, and then this this Mace Windu dude is just going to be like, nah, I don't like him. Nah. I don't like you at all. And all these other people are just like, I don't trust you. You know, and then here's the the emperor who you don't know yet, Darth Sidious, who's stroking your ego right every step of the way. And, you know, he, he obviously played off of Anakin's fears, but I understood the the much like my pro wrestling stuff. Oh, you're going to be great someday. And then people start talking about you. And it's like, man, if I can cut your hand off in the middle of this ring, I would. <laughs> I would do it so hard. <laughs> I love it. Matt. Favorite Star Wars Anakin character as well. I hate episode two of Anakin where he's just constantly whining. I, I, I felt like that one was a little more whiny. Yeah. Episode three definitely was my favorite Anakin portrayed. Yes. Definitely. Absolutely. Favorite. I am really excited to see what they do with, I mean, it's not going to be so much Anakin, but what they do with him in the Obi-Wan yes. series. Yeah, I am too. But I love episode three Anakin so much. It's got a lot of, a lot of depth to it. They could have made that movie a four-hour movie and I still wouldn't have had enough. Oh, yeah. For me, I'm going to say kind of on the same genre, but I'm going to go with the Kylo Ren character. I yeah. really I really thought it was a it was a good character. I thought the acting uh, I, I can't think of the, the actor's name off the bat. Adam Driver. Yes. But I thought it was acted really well. I thought the character was really well. He was the only character worth a damn in that new trilogy. In that, in that trilogy. I agree. His 100%. back must hurt so much from carrying he it. Carried what it about Snoke. <laughs> oh, Matt just pile drive Matt. <laughs> He's out. Oh God, that's another three hour podcast. I can go on a rant about. <laughs> no, but I I thought he was like you said he was the only really strong. And they killed him off at the end. Like, come on! But you Spoiler gotta admit though, the alert. way that he the <laughs> that you know what I'm gonna make that the next question. When is it too? When it, when is it enough that we don't say like when is it gone on long enough where you're you're free to not say spoiler alert? Never M- movies. Two weeks, movies. Two weeks. Two weeks. Type. Really? That's a two week thing. Oh. I uh, my oh, podcast. I would say that's long. I'd say movies like two to three. I months. get two weeks because things happen. Oh, two weeks. Nah, two weeks. I had all right. So on our show, two weeks is what like my panel discussion podcast. I give it two weeks. Two weeks, uh, like two week. I, I don't do spoilers. That's that's what I mean by that. I, I won't do any spoilers, and then I, I can talk spoilers after that. TV shows, you got about a week. Really? With streaming services now, absolutely. Streaming services, all right. I can get it if it's on like an Apple TV, like a Ted Lasso or a Cobra Kai, or which I think is coming out pretty soon. I love so I'm, Cobra I'm, Kai. I'm Jack. Isn't that coming out next month? It's so. I, yes. I got a cool connection to Cobra Kai. Really? A little bit. So, you know the referee from the first uh, Karate Kid movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mustache? That's my uncle. Get no out of here. He's from Are Niagara Falls. Pat- That's no. Yeah, Patrick Johnson. Look him up. He's my gr- great uncle. Great uncle. Because he, so- he, he was the one. Right? No, he lives in California. Was He was on Baywatch, too, wasn't he? Wasn't he a lifeguard on Baywatch for a couple <sighs> seasons? He might have been. Does he know the Hasselhoff? He, he trained Bob Barker in karate. Bob wow, like that's that. insane. <laughs> He he actually he met Chuck Norris in Korea when they were training out there, and he invited him to move out to California and train with him and and be a teacher at his studio, his dojo. Is and that so how that, he got? That's how into my the movie? Un- my great uncle went from. Um, he came back from Korea, packed up all his stuff, and left on a bus to California, and that's how everything started. Started with that. He was in Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. He was very close friends with Bruce Lee. 
And wow. uh, so I have a little bit of a connection. I actually got to find the picture. I have a picture at home somewhere of him with Ralph Macchio and Mr. Miyagi. Do you do you talk to this uncle? I was gonna say not so. as all, he's 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 kind of he's kind of out there right now. He's not doing too well right now. Wow. Um, I've seen him a handful of times in my life. He's come up for family reunions and stuff, but I've actually reached out to try and get him on the podcast. Like cause we actually did an episode of him up for one of my shows, and uh, yeah, he's he's. Yeah, he's he, like dementia and stuff is kind of hitting in, and it, he's not doing too well. But uh, how, how old is he? What he's you know? in, I think he was born in the thirties or forties. In his upper eighties, I think right now. Wow, would he be that? Yeah, I guess. I mean, that movie. Korea was fifties. He did. Yeah, yeah, he was in Enter the Dragon. He uh, he was the fighting coordinator for the nineties Ninja, Ninja Turtles movies, uh, the Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, what else oh, did he do? Cow. Yeah, he's my great uncle. I actually. Somewhere at my parents' house is a picture that he sent for me when I was born um, for my parents to give me at some point, him with uh, Ninja Turtles unmasked. Oh, that's that's insane. Yeah. that's. I have his action figure somewhere here, too. Really? Somewhere. Yeah, they, they did make a referee action figure. He never got a dime for it because they just called him the referee, but it looks just like him. <laughs> yeah. None of the, the new college name image likeness? No, none of that. None of that. Everybody else got paid for the action figure except him. All right. So for spoiler alerts, Matt says two weeks for movies, one week for uh, one week for TV yeah. shows. Then he drops the Cobra Kai bomb on us. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Matt, get closer to the mic and tell us what, how long do you think for spo- spoiler alerts there? Never. I don't think there is a time limit. I think. The- so you can't have open conversation so- with people about movies if there's somebody else that doesn't know. Yeah. Even like the, if it's the next day, it comes out comes out the next day. Yeah. I mean, it's a fair perspective. Right. I don't play. I mean, uh, that's fair. I'm not going to sit here and poop on you for it. But um, no, go for it. Poop no, on me. No, I don't. I'm not Odell Beckham <laughs> Jr. So <laughs> <laughs> no dropping the Browns off at the Super Bowl. No, sir, not here. Um, <laughs> I'm a little. I'm going to say, I think at least for TV shows, I, I'll go two weeks for. For movies, I think at least a solid month. Uh, I, I like had you somebody gotta, you gotta at, let that guy you know I'll at least give him a couple weeks after in, after Avengers: Infinity War came out. Um, I was we were trying to talk about the movie in the month of July, and some girl that I worked with, I hated her. Um, she was like, "Oh, spoiler alert!" I'm like, "The movie's been out for four months. If you haven't seen it, yet, yes, you're never so you gonna know, see it." Yeah, that's enough. Four months. Yeah, that's that's too much. That's too much. Spoiler alert. Don't talk about it. I'm going to see it. No, it's not even not. in the theaters anymore. <laughs> no, you're not going to see it. Have you not seen anything posted on social media? That's yeah. a tough thing, too. That's a tough thing, too. Okay. I had, I had uh, Avengers Endgame spoiled for me on social media the day it came out. Really? Now, were you just on a random, like, just on Facebook or whatever? And uh, just somebody thought it would be funny to comment a GIF that spoiled uh, the, the, the snap. Uh, the Tony Stark stamp at the end. Oh. So they thought it'd be funny. And I'm like, I literally have tickets for this tonight, you piece of trash. <laughs> well, that's how. Listen, and I. The only reason I got into Harry Potter was because my younger brother, when I. He's 10 years younger than me, uh, Richie, and he. Um, I was a freshman in college, so he came uh, during winter break. I took him to go see the first one. I was like, wow, this is a pretty. You know, I like it. It's whatever. It's yeah. cool. So he had some of the books, got them. By the time I was reading the, uh, the what did Dumbledore die in, the sixth book? 
the Order of the Phoenix. Yes. No, it was a uh, Handful of Prince. They kill him at the end. Oh, Snape yeah, got him true, at the end. True, true. So yep. by the time I was reading that book, Richie was, you know, 16, 70. He was kind of too too cool for school or whatever. So I'm just reading the book or whatever. Uh, I was over visiting my parents, and he's there, and he's like, oh, did you get to the part where Dumbledore died yet? <sighs> and I'm like, wait, what? And he tried to play it. I was like, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so the rest of the book that I'm reading, I just have that image in the back. I'm like, wait a minute. They kill him off. What the f- they're, not, they're not killing him off. The- they're not killing Why would they do off. that to They're not killing him off. And then I get, and I look. I'm like, you, what the, like, just... Dude, no. But yeah, so I had yeah. the I had the Dumbledore death um, ruined for me by my brother. Thanks, Rich. That's horrible. I spoiled Hunger Games in the theater for everybody. <laughs> in the theater? How do you? Would you see it like the night before? You read just, the book, didn't you? No, I saw it and then I <laughs> waited for the next showing. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> is it? It's I respect it. How did you? Did you just like stand up and do it, or yeah, I stood in the back, said it, and I walked out? What'd you say? What did I say? I, I was trying. I'm trying to even remember what the big like shock was because it was something. Now say which which is it? The last Hunger Games? No, it was the first one. Oh, where? Well, like, would you say she won or she wins? I don't. Or? I don't know. I said I, I definitely something that I was like this was not in the book, and everybody who read. And wanted Watched to go see it, knew that like this would have been bad. So I yeah. set it and then walked out. <laughs> That's terrible. I almost spoiled episode eight for people waiting in line to go see it. At Star Wars. So wait, you were seeing it like a second time? No, I we were leaving and there was a huge line. We went opening weekend. That was the thing that we did. And you're like watching. And I hated that. I hate that. That is the worst Star Wars movie ever. Eight eight uh yeah. Terrible. And uh, I'm like, I'm talking to like my uncle, who's a huge Star Wars nut, and they're, they're just like, yeah, Ed, we're, that sucked. Like right after the theater, like usually there's like a theater high. Like you sit, you come out yeah. of the movie theater, like wow, this movie was great. And then you sit and you sit on it for like a week, and like oh, maybe it wasn't that great. Instantaneous <laughs> hatred for Episode Eight. I hate all the new trilogy. Every single seven, I had I had hoped for. I didn't hate seven, but I hated eight and nine. You could tell there was no direction in the movie. At all, I feel like by the time they got to nine, they're just like, "All right, let's just let's just." What's that? We we, the, we killed off Snoke, Palpatine. Come on down, and yeah. yeah. But uh, I almost I almost yelled out in front of a, a the the big line waiting to go see episode eight. Then Luke died at the end of the movie, and uh, that would have been that would have been. You might have had to run to your no, car. See, see what you got to do is you got to. I would have saved. Out. I think a lot of those people would have been like, "Thank you." <laughs> Save your money. No, what you got to do is you got to walk out and you got to spew out something completely ridiculous and off the wall that's completely not true, and then act like it's happening. And then so everybody goes in with this false sense of like, like you basically lie to them, and but like think that you screwed them over. Oh yeah. Then then it makes it like ten times better. Someday. Then they walk and then they walk out. They're like, "What movie did this guy see?" He said Chewbacca like got his head shaved off or something. <laughs> like he dies. Someday, someday I will get to that point. I love it. All right, I think we're on question three. Let's go with three. Um, favorite, favorite drink, favorite alcoholic beverage. Mm. We already for, did this. One. We did this one, not with Matt, but for me again, I'm gonna stick with it. I'm Reddo and Coke. It tastes just like a cherry Coke. It's one, it's not a strong drink, but it's one that you can sit back, have a couple, not be worried that you're going to be like, you know, get up and like, ooh, 
but enough to get you, you know, nicely buzzed, nice social drink. That's my that's my go my go to Armoretto and Coke. As far as beers go, um, Ellicottville Blueberry is like a is an easy one for me. It's pretty popular. It's season. It's it's year round. They used to have a blueberry maple pancake one that I was a big fan of. But my favorite overall drink, this uh, this bottle here of peanut butter whiskey, okay? Uh, okay. And you mix it with grape soda. Don't drink that one. Or strawberry soda. And it tastes just like a peanut butter jelly sandwich. I've heard things. I, I personally, I can't have that. I'm allergic to peanuts, peanut butter. Or oh, okay. So, But I've heard good things about the peanut butter whiskey. Like, I heard it's really, like, it's, it legit tastes like a peanut butter, you know. It's very good. Almost. The only other one I would say is ang- is uh, Angry Balls. Angry Balls? Yep. Angry Orchard Crisp Apple, a shot of Fireball, apple pie. The, really? You can't even taste the alcohol. It just, it just blends perfectly. Yep, that's. I definitely got to try that. Very expensive drink. (laughs) I have never paid less than seven dollars for it anywhere. (laughs) Really? Yeah, but it's good. It's it's worth it. It gets you messed up real quick. (laughs) Matt, favorite adult beverage? I like I like Crown Apple Royal, like Royal Crown Apple with Mountain Dew. With Mountain Dew? Mm. Yeah, because you don't. Yeah, seriously, I really I was skeptical too, but you have to do Crown Apple. Because the apple, like, all right, it's like a green apple. Yeah. And you mix it with the Mountain Dew, you don't even taste the crown. Right. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's kind of. It's, I've think, never mixed Mountain Dew with any alcohol. I was going to say, that's I've, a, that sounds I've, interesting. I've never thought of even Seriously using Mountain Dew as a mixer. Yeah. I s- highly suggest it. Okay. All right. All for right. Those who are 21 and over. I was going to say, <laughs> drink responsibly. Yes. I know we, I'm, this is a coaching show, and there may be some, some chitlins. Watching, um, I, say, I know. I know. Wait till you. My, wait till you're 21. I know my athletes are listening. Please, uh, the coach was 21. Anytime he drank any of these alcohol, don't drinks. do drugs. If Coach Larry sees <laughs> you with a Mountain Dew, he's gonna, <laughs> you gotta sniff it. Like, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me say. Let me see what's in that Mountain Dew bottle. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh, what do we got? Question four. Matt, do you have a question over there for for our hot seat? Question four. I think we do five. Okay. Do do five? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we do do five. <laughs> do do. Um, <laughs> it's gone off the rails. Boo. <laughs> Everybody mark note. It's 840. I've gone insane. Um, most embarrassing moment. Ooh. Okay. doesn't have to be the most embarrassing no, moment. No, but it can be a, a, a embarrassing. embarrassing moment. Um, Being born. No. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as you come out, I'm sorry. <laughs> hmm. Um. I get, the only one that pops into my head is uh, one of our homecoming games for soccer, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if you. Well, no, this was the old high school, so it was the field. There was a soccer field behind Niagara Falls, the the library. Okay, that's where we played our varsity games. And oh, really? Like, there's like a little hill that gets you down to the field. So our one of our homecoming games, we had a home game, and um, there was for a soccer game there was a decent crowd. I think there was like fifteen, twenty, maybe twenty five people. For us, that was huge. That was like a sold out arena there. So, anyways, we're we're running down the uh, the hill, and I just 
slipped. And I don't mean like slipped, like slid, like no. I like slipped on a banana, like just went down right on my back, slipped, oh, rolled down the hill. Oh, my God. And then I just had to play it off. Like I got up quick, had to play it off. Like, nope, nobody saw that. Nobody saw that. <laughs> As everybody's like, look at Larry, look at Larry. And I'm just, my back was killing me like for a good five, ten minutes into the game. I'm like, oh, but I'm just, I had to go, nope, didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. Mm. Didn't hurt. All during warm-ups, they're like, are you okay? You're like, yep, I'm fine. I'll be I'm good. Fine. Well, look at I'm that good. kid. He fell. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the old – that's – I'm sure it wasn't my most embarrassing, but that just kind of came to mind. Hmm. The first one I can – I've had a couple, uh, especially sporting-related ones. Um, the first one I can think of, I was in eighth-grade wrestling, and I just finished my last match of Modified Season. And we were in the small gym, which where we normally did practice at. We actually changed in the small gym. We just did whatever. So I finished my match. Huge crowd of people. And uh, I took my pants off, like, subconsciously. And I'm just sitting there on my tidy whiteies. Wait, what? Poop stains and all. Just sitting there. <laughs> uh, and I look up, and everybody's looking at me. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and my coach is like, you have to go. <laughs> when did you realize they'd be like, oh, wait, what am I doing? When I looked up to pull up my new pair of pants and everybody's just looking at me, like my mom and, <laughs> and my my friend's mom. Your mom's like, see, Roddy Piper did that. Roddy Piper, this is why you got to stop wrestling. <laughs> um, and then there's the times I got lost in cross-country races. So <laughs> Beaver Island, Island, Beaver Island and uh, Bonds Lake, I ended up in first place and... <laughs> I was not supposed to be in first place. <laughs> so those are pretty bad. I actually got re-lost. I seen the fastest person in the, in the meet like coming at me. I was like, oh, I should go get lost again. And I went back. And... Did you did you cross the finish line first, like after you got lost? No, you... I there was one time I stood in place and jogged while all the fast people ran by. I'm like, okay, guys, we gotta wait for a second. Because a couple Newport kids followed me and a couple kids from our school followed me. So I was just standing in place, like, oh, we gotta we gotta give them a minute, like a jump start. Okay, we're good. All clear. It was my did, first year running cross country. The yeah. new three mile record in a time of eight minutes and ten seconds. I literally just like yeah, just it was it was bad. It was really bad. Like, wow, like my coach the next day, wow, you show, shaved off so much, Izzy. Um, the, my first race I got lost was Bonds Lake, and I, it was a 26-minute 5K. I love how this was a summer. <laughs> <laughs> the first one was a 26-minute 5K, and I, I, it was terrible. And then the second one I did, I actually knew which way to go. So I, I ran a 21-minute 5K, and like, wow, you shaved so much time off your, off your, uh, your 5K. I'm like, yeah, coach, that's, I'm getting better. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> I found a new trail. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't mark them good. The, the the big meets they did, but the individual like match meets they did not mark them very good. Bonds Lake, I hated that course because when I ran it, it I only ran cross country in seventh grade. It was raining cats and dogs, and there was a huge hill that you had to go up, and it was completely mud. So we're literally going up the hill, and the guy in front of me fell down. So of course means he dragged me down, and the guy behind me oh, down. Geez. So we go front down the first time. Then we go back up, and it was my turn to fall down. But, of course, <laughs> the kid in front of me, he pulled me down, so I made sure to grab his leg, and I pulled him down. I mean, it took us, like, at least four attempts. And we by this time, we were way back. Like, we could have cut the course and still been last. Oh I mean, but we I go to the bus. I'm literally from head to toe 
covered in mud. <sighs> My Joe J- Joe Jacobs was the coach at the time. I loved Mr. Jacobs, and he just looks at me. He's like, "Listen, there's a hose out there." So at one point, they got a hose and they're hosing me off just to get me cleaned enough to get on to the bus. Jesus. So yeah, but I I loved cross country. I wish it was at a different. A different season than soccer season, or oh, yeah. done it all year long. It was a fun sport. I did it my last two years to get in shape for wrestling. That's that's the only reason why. <laughs> Matt, most embarrassing moment. Um, so in college, we used to for my acapella group, we had to do. Wait, you were in an acapella group? Yeah, dude, I sang. All right, I was in an all all boys acapella group, and um, we had to pick like our our like you know officers for like the following year, like our president. And it was like a full, like we would have rehearsals on Tuesdays from like nine to eleven at night. So we would like for one rehearsal, we'd sit there and like the people. It was like a full blown political debate. Who's ever running would go up there, tell us why, and we'd sit there. And then they leave, and then we talk, and then vote. So I was I was dead tired. I'm sitting there, and I was pumping coffee into me and. Coffee makes me gassy. Oh. <laughs> so I'm sitting there in those like old style wooden desks. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and it's quiet. And I was like, oh, I got I to gotta, I gotta let some gas out. And I was like, all right, nobody's going to know. <laughs> not only not only did they know, it was one of those like prolonged ones mm. that probably lasted about five minutes. And I'm just like, it felt like five minutes at least. And I'm sitting there. And like I'm in the front of the room too, so everybody's watching. Me. <laughs> that was Matt's speech for election, but like, and vote it, for me. And it happened <laughs> while we were discussing something, and my president standing right in front of me, just no, not nobody saying a word. And after that, they're like, "Yeah, Matt," and I was just like, "I was like, that's my that that's my opinion. Yeah, that's my two cents. That's what I feel about you." Uh, it was so, it, it was so so bad, and then. And then I was sick when I had to go perform for a, uh, a conference in, in Rochester and Saturday morning. I was really sick. And I threw up in front of a, of a conference room in my mouth, <laughs> swallowed it, didn't, didn't actually projectile vomit. I sat down, popped back up, finished the concert. As soon as we got off, everybody's like coming up to like my choir and my director and is like, "You did such a great job." And then they'd find me. They're like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> yeah, like, that's Aww. scary. Good for you for swallowing that throw up. I and was going to say, <laughs> I was not going to let you. that happen. <laughs> oh yeah, that that's my proudest and also embarrassing moments. <laughs> All right, and last hot seat question. It we'll keep it easy. South Park or Simpsons? South, South Park. Park. All day, South every day. Park? 100%. Uh, yeah. That's, right. South Park is masterfully written. Where the Simpsons, I like the Simpsons, don't get me wrong. Um, but South Park has just done such a good job of staying relevant. Oh, my God. Every single season that they've done is is it's something related to current politics, I'd, society. Absolutely. And they make it so funny. And the thing is, they don't distinct anybody. They're not like, oh, we're just going to go after one yeah. political belief or the other. They make fun of everybody. And it kind of clear, like, <clears throat> it helps you, like, be like, oh, like, it helps you see things in a different light. Absolutely. Like, oh, dang. It, it helps you see things neutrally. And it's like, and it's it's so good. Like, it, when you could turn, and this, I always used to love comedians who used to turn, like, real life stuff, societal stuff, um, you know, into into comedy. 
Um, and they make you think. South Park does that for me every single time. Yeah. Absolutely. I was going to say, I agree. I love both. I love The Simpsons. Um, I think The Simpsons, even the last couple of years, have gotten really stale. Yeah. South Park, I I mean, I, this is what? This is year 13, 14? Oh, it's longer than that. 15? I think they're in the 20s. Are they in the 20s yeah. by now? Late nineties, mid to late nineties. But I feel like South Park is. It, it just hit its try within yeah, the last like six years. It hasn't gotten stale, like you said. They're so good at just, hey, listen, this, 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 this has happened. We're gonna make fun of this, 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 this. Like they're so yeah. good at keeping current, keeping up to date, and it's just, I, I, they're on top of their game. Where the Simpsons, I love the Simpsons, but I think the last five, even ten years has really just gotten stale. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's South Park. Yeah, they just I mean hits one hit after another. Simpsons, you laugh at some of just some of the things. Uh, you know, it's, it's but like South Park, I feel like I'm laughing constantly throughout the entire thirty minute episode or whatever it may be. It's uh, and it's so quotable. It's so quotable. Oh, trust me, I know that. <laughs> Get it? No, that's my papa, Kitty. <laughs> Strong woman. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. I love that shit. Uh, so that could be a podcast, the South Park podcast. Oh, for sure. Um all right. Well th- Matt, thank you so much for coming on last minute. Oh, no problem. Um we're, we're gonna have to uh we will get Megan and Michelle back on here at some point. Um uh, but thank you for uh for telling us a little bit behind the scenes on, on wrestling and everything. Oh, I'm never gonna be able to show my face around a wrestling <laughs> place again. That's it. It's I'm done. No getting blackballed. Absolutely. I was gonna say you're you're not getting your uh, you're not getting your WWE call up right now. No, no. Yeah, you put the nail in it. Like yeah. you even want it. <laughs> no. Who go wants to, who wants to work for there anymore? I was like, go eighty. We'll just AEW. fire me for breathing the wrong way. Yep. <laughs> thank you though for coming on, Matt. As always, thank you for uh, thank you for being my co-pilot here. How do you pronounce my last name? Kwog, Kigog, close enough. Maddie Key, Maddie Kho. I, I can't even say. It. I just <laughs> you can't even pronounce it correctly. <laughs> I was doing so good with it. Now I just Matt Keo. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, current uh, turn in again next week for stories from the sideline.